Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education by Kate Colbert and Joe Salustio with contributions by Elvin Freitas is now available for pre-order on Amazon. Get your Kindle edition or your softbound book. It's going to be amazing. From personalized video to wear and share technology, MDT Marketing's suite of student journey solutions are designed to simply deliver wow moments that boost engagement and conversion rates at targeted milestones in the student journey. Try them for yourself at mdtmarketing.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Edup Experience Podcast, where we make education your business almost 500 times. I'm going to keep saying that until we hit 500 now. Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you another on another episode of Edup Experience. I cannot talk today. Uh, but we're going to struggle through this. I'm going to just pass it to my guests who will be much better at speaking than I am. Uh, as you guys know, we are recording with uh, presidents and other uh, administrators and such at the Alliance for Innovation and Transformation Summer Session in Nashville, Tennessee, where I was supposed to be recording live. However, uh, I have a family member, my, namely my wife, who, has, uh, who had foot surgery recently, so she's not all the way back to health. And it was my 10-year anniversary on Thursday, the 21st of July, and uh, I want to be among the living. So if I left my, foot, my wife with a broken foot and left her, uh, that would have been big trouble for me. So I said, you know what, work-life balance, we're going we're gonna to balance the, the work with the life. And anyway, but I am sad I couldn't be there because, boy, I would be smashing these sound effect buttons in, in front of everybody. In fact, I might have handed over control of the sound effects to my guests, which would have made for a really interesting podcast. Let me bring them in now. I got two presidents with me. It's been a president's day. I had lots of presidents on the last couple of days, but here they are. First, I have Dr. Sunem Beaton Garcia. She's president of Chippewa Technical College. Sunem, how are you? I'm doing great, and we miss you here at AFIT, but we totally understand. We totally understand that, uh, you know, work-life balance. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be something. Huh? But but I wish I was there. I do. I wish yeah. I was there because you guys are, I know the the uniqueness about the summer session and some of the work that AFIT does is that it's this yep. group interaction, group collaboration, group right. decision-making and innovation and so on, rather than kind of sitting at a conference and zoning right. out so it would have been cool to watch but i've but i've got both of you guys and let me bring my other guest here he comes dr chris matheny he's president Hello. of fox valley technical college chris what is up uh, it's great to be with you and i would echo what sunim says you probably made uh, the wisest choice there well thank you sir i appreciate that uh appreciate that that allows me to podcast with you uh, today we can still do it uh, remotely um, what matters most is the work that you all do and how you support students. So, Sunem, I'm going to start with you at Chippewa Technical College. Where yeah. is Chippewa Technical College? What do you guys do and how do you do it? Yes, so we're in the northwestern part of beautiful Wisconsin. We are about the furthest part of my district is about an hour from the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. So that kind of gives you an idea of where we are. And uh, Chippewa Valley Technical College serves 11 county district. We have some rural areas, some cities. So we have a little bit of everything. We have five campuses. So uh, it's a beautiful part of the state. I'm a new transplant from Florida. I just moved from Florida to Wisconsin a year ago. And boy, am I in love. It is a beautiful, beautiful state. And uh, it may be a little chilly, but the hearts are warm. 
Ooh, well said. I like that. How long did you prep that one? Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's it completely took long, true. It took as long for you to prep that as it did for you to go buy a winter coat. There you go. So, Dress for the weather, Joe. Dress for the weather. I love it. I love it. Uh, Dr. Chris, uh, talk about Fox Valley Technical College. Where are you guys located? What do you do? How do you do it? Yeah, Fox Valley Technical College is uh, on the opposite side of the state. We're in the northeastern part of Wisconsin, just about uh, 30 minutes south of Green Bay. Go Pack. And uh, we serve uh, a lot of the same students that Sunim and her, her colleagues serve. So we have about a five-county district, uh, two campuses, four regional centers, and uh, serving somewhere around 50,000 different individuals a year with those services. Okay, guys, so we're going to just jump right into it and give you easy questions first. No, I would never do that. I give really hard questions all the time. All right, um, Chris, we'll start with you. Um, is it the time of the community college? You know, we, we, we're hearing a lot of, and the reason I ask this, and I asked this to the, to the last uh, group of, of folks I had on, there's this um, really interesting paradigm right now where community colleges, I think, at least verbally, um, from parents, from students, especially adult students, even from administrators within higher education are going, you know what, community colleges really have a lot more value. The stigma of community colleges is dissipating. And then there is a lot of challenge with community college students and retaining them, getting them back from the pandemic, enrollment declines and so on. So there's this funny cognitive dissonance that's happening. Um, is it the time of the community college and, and are you seeing signs of a resurgence? Yeah, so I guess my initial answer to that question would be um, just to say, you know, from a technical college standpoint, uh, I think it's always been our time. Uh, we've had really strong connections to our employers since our uh, and maybe a little bit differently than my colleagues at comprehensive community colleges. Uh, we have really been focused on workforce development for our entire history. And so during the Great Recession, we had this question about, is there a resurgence in two-year technical college? The answer was yes. And, you know, during COVID, we had this question about, is there a resurgence? And the answer is yes. Um, I think it's becoming more and more acceptable as we build out pathways to students to things other than just associate degrees. Uh, and so we're working on that, but yeah, absolutely. I think this is a, a prime time for uh, both community and technical colleges. So, you know, I'm going to ask you, you have to add to that, but I want to ask you a question in, in advance of that, which is, is uh, are students going for non-credit, you know, alternative credentialing? Are you seeing more students still go for an associate degree? Do you still see value in higher ed? And is that, you know, is it still the time of the community colleges, as Chris says? Absolutely. And I would say that our, our technical college system is a reflection of the community that we serve. So if that community needs uh, to have uh, members get their GED or high school diploma, we're there for that. If you are a high school student looking to accelerate your college uh, education and maybe get the first two years under your belt before you graduate high school, we can do that for you. If you want a credential while you're still in high school and go right into the workforce because you want to start, early, start earning earlier, we can do that too. So we are a reflection of our community and as Chris was saying, um, our advisory boards are industry credentialed. Um, they're doing the work, they're guiding our work and making us more flexible and better. So our students are, are high achieving, high earning. Um, we primarily serve manufacturing, agriculture, business, uh, healthcare, um, but we also have a good percentage of our students that want to transfer to a four-year uh, university and we can do that as well. So we really are a reflection of our community and we're there to serve, um, but our main focus is that technical education, workforce Amazing. development. 
I, you yeah, know, it is amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting because today I was having a, I was a, on this conversation in LinkedIn. There, there's LinkedIn Live now, which is a, which, um, a LinkedIn conversations. It's very similar to Clubhouse. If you guys ever uh, were in Clubhouse when Clubhouse was a thing, which is not really anymore. But anyway, we were talking about community, uh, we we're talking about rankings, college rankings. Right. And, it, it, you know, are they, do they, is there validity to them, which I don't think there are? Uh, that's my personal opinion, um, you know, and so on and so on. And, and one of the areas that came up is this community colleges are really dismantling the elitism within higher education because students are much more savvy about their financial decision. And so they're going, I can go here and get the same quality of education because the accreditation is the same, by the way, uh, parity within uh, educationally, because faculty teach at the community college and they might teach at the four-year college and the adjunct faculty teach at the technical college. So there's so much parity, but community colleges offer the quote unquote unbundled, which is I think the most overused um, word in higher ed, pathway to education, Chris. It's like, meet you where you are. What does that even mean? Well, community colleges provide that, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we do that every day. Uh, we try and meet our students where they are. Um, not only, you know, traditional students who are coming for degrees and diplomas, but students who are incumbent employees in, the, in their jobs. And so we, we do an awful lot of work with our local employers to upskill their talent. Uh, which is, you think about the unbundling of higher education, it's not just workforce uh, training done by a human resources training and development partner, we're, we're partners actually in that, that enterprise as well. Uh, and then having that be portable, I think, is um, really sort of the wave of the future. So, Joe, if you wanted to come to Fox Valley Tech and uh, take a business and industry training course, right, and then uh, you happen to have relocated to Chippewa Falls and you're going to go to Sunim's institution uh, to be able to apply that learning. Uh, I think it's something that community and technical colleges do really well, that credit for prior learning, credit for current learning, uh, and looking at how to weave all of those things together. So it's not just a, I would say it's not just the unbundling, uh, but the rebundling of things together to how, how do we get uh, students credit for what they've learned across their lifespans. Yeah, I like what you said there. It's a rebundling, right? Um, in Sunim, I, it's really a good point there because you know when we're talking about um, we're talking about colleges expanding their student profiles, right? There are some right. colleges that didn't go after adult students, and now everybody's going after adult students. Community colleges have had adult students forever. When people talk about the unbundling of higher education, it's like they forget about community colleges have been doing this for hundreds of years. Like the, the education was never bundled at a community college, but yet we forget uh, or we didn't pay attention to the good work that community colleges are doing. Even during the, the height of the for-profit sector where the for-profits came in and did a lot of what community colleges are doing now, um, and community colleges are now serving this population of technical students, job, job skills pathways, and and sending them out with a degree so there's a lot to do and a lot to balance you know, because you have so many different student profiles you could have right. the 18 year old you could have the 28 year old or the 78 year old how do you balance your student profiles which is vast with all the educational offerings to meet a student where they are that's a really delicate balance it takes a lot of attention 
It does, it does. But we need to look at students as individuals and where they are in their path. Um, there's a lot of on-ramps and off-ramps to education. And so as Chris was saying earlier, um, you may be at a certain point in your life where you need a certain amount of education, but you're going to come back and maybe you need to retrain or, or unlearn what you know. Maybe you work in IT and like I did, I started off in IT. And I think if I went back into that, I'd have to unlearn a whole lot because the language that I learned how to program is no longer around. So you need to keep up with your industry. And so depending on where you are in your life, you may need to come back for, for different types of learning. Um, but a, a segment that you may not have thought about, Joe, um, which got my attention is that 28% of the students that are coming to CBTC already have a four-year degree. And so um, a lot of these students are coming back because A, they want to either um, have a particular technical diploma around an area that they supervise and they want to be more connected to their employees, um, or perhaps um, the area that they chose um, is now changing and they need to, to learn more or add to it. So wow. I'm, getting, I'm getting engineers, I'm getting all kinds of different people who are coming back uh, for technical uh, diplomas and um, small, smaller credentials. Is that, is that like a new thing? Is that a new thing that's growing or has that always been around? Where the four-year four-year degree comes back to get a two-year or a non-credential or or non I say non-credit credential to upskill. Yeah, so I think that's always been the case. Maybe we haven't been paying as much attention, but um, as jobs are changing and industries are changing at such a rapid place, a pace and technology, um, people are needing to come back and get more education. So it's really fluid. It's not about uh, a student that chooses a two-year or a four-year. It's where are you in your life? Where are you in your career? And what do you need at that moment? And we are uniquely uh, structured to be able to help all students, whether they are a, a high school student or someone who already has a professional degree, they're coming back for more education. You know, um, with every episode, I try to have a button when I say, I'm going to get this sound effect in. And you said exactly what I needed you to say, yet my finger was not quick <laughs> enough on the trigger. But we need to pay more attention to what's happening, right? There you go. So I slipped it in, uh, uh, but go. it was very intentional. Um, Chris, let's talk about what's going on in AFIT. Um, you guys are there, you're learning about um, uh, uh, happiness, culture, workplace culture, you know, keeping students happy, keeping employees happy, happy employees keep happy students and so on. This, uh, uh, and we are in the great uh, reshuffling where confidence in higher education from people who work in higher education is from an article that came out recently at an all-time low where higher ed professionals are really wondering if this is a career for them. Are you seeing that happen in your region, in your school? Um, and what are you doing about it? Yeah, so I think we are seeing that happen to maybe a bit lesser degree than our industry partners are seeing. You know, when I have conversations with my board and our employers about what our retention rates are, turnover rates are for employees, um, you know, we're in the mid to high 90s and um, they look at that and say, well, what are you worried about? And what I worry about is that it used to be 100, right? I mean, uh, there were two ways that, that people left our institution. Frankly, they, they retired or they, you know, they expired. Um, and um, it, it was a job for life and people came because they, they trusted the mission, they, they wanted to work with students. Uh, and if you wanna do that in our geography, um, there are not that many options, right? Um, and then COVID happened and, um, and then there, the opportunities to do remote work, to uh, be uh, in communities that they love and still contribute to the community and be a part of that community and be somewhere else for their work 
uh, happened in ways that, that we just haven't seen in the past. And so uh, what are we doing about that? We're looking at our policies. We've, um, we've gone from sort of pre-pandemic testing, uh, remote work with some of our IT staff at about 15 hours a week to, you know, full-time two years of everybody working uh, remotely. And we figured it out. And now I think it's kind of the challenge of the reintegration and figuring out what is the right balance of on campus in front of students uh, with your teammates and colleagues and providing that flexibility that uh, we know that individuals want and need if they're going to continue to be productive in, in our organization and serve our students well. MDT Marketing helps colleges and universities like yours boost your enrollment automation campaigns by infusing your content with wow. moments via solutions like personalized video, which weaves personalized data into video content to deliver one-to-one -one video communications that boost engagement with your student contacts. But you've got to try it for yourself. Visit mdtmarketing.com, then select personalized video from our menu. Student journey solutions from MDT Marketing. Wow. Moments simply delivered. Um, so we're not going to go ahead and trademark retire or expire just for the record of that, although yeah. it is really slick. It is really slick, by the way. Uh, I, I used to like say it. to people when they'd come in and ask me, you know, what's it like to work here? I'd say, you Yikes. know, for, for, for folks of a certain generation, I'd say, have you seen men in black? Right. And, yeah. Um, you know, one scene, I think somebody says to, to Will Smith, get ready to put on the last suit you'll ever wear. And that's, that's what it was like to work at the college. Um, yeah. And uh, that's just not the case anymore. So we're, we're adjusting to the, what that new norm is. Uh, Sunem, we, we talk about this all the time in the podcast, the battle for talent, right? But this is one of the, the outputs. It's it, in the community colleges are, are in, in particular are in a really funny space because you've got the battle of talent for employees mm -hmm. and you have your surrounding companies who are dying for talent and you're trying to push out prepared graduates sometimes in not enough numbers that that company needs. So, I mean, this is this real, this battle for talent? Are you seeing it on both ends? Absolutely. Um, I heard earlier this week that we have uh, 117,000 jobs in our state that need people and uh, we you just can't get them out there fast enough. And so um, we understand that urgency, but we're also an employer as well. And I've seen in my area, I've lost some employees back to industry. And so um, some areas like our paramedics and emergency services, they're going back out there to help the community. So um, it kind of puts us in a spot because we need folks to, to educate our students to get them out there. Um, but this is a cycle. So we help each other. Um, some are coming back. Um, and so we're paying close attention to our graduates and uh, putting systems in place where we can quickly graduate students and then also have them come and help us train other graduates. So um, programs that allow um, folks to gather experience quickly um, and, uh, and get them back to work. So definitely there is a need for talent. And particularly in Wisconsin, there are a lot of high wage, high demand jobs, but we're seeing um, some changes in demographics, not enough people, uh, families are getting smaller. That's not just uh, Wisconsin, that's a national trend. Um, but we do have a lot of high wage and high demand jobs and, and we wanna keep those in our state. Yeah, Sunam, I'll stay with you here and, and, and ask you what's, you know, as you look at this uh, delicate uh, balance of keeping employees and making people happy and investing in culture at the same time, 
running a business, right? Mm -hmm. You have students you have to keep, you have students you have to recruit, you have, sometimes there's hard times. I know I do this at my university too. It's like, how do we balance this? How do we drive to these goals, um, you know, uh, achieve, but not burn out uh, our staff at the same time? Anything unique going on at Chippewa Technical College? Any initiatives that you have to increase workplace happiness, uh, to, to promote a better culture that just come to top of mind or anything that you want to implement that you heard at the AFIT summer session? Yeah, we want to make sure that um, the best ideas that come from the front lines are captured. And a lot of times people uh, stop me to give me their ideas, and I don't think I'm the right person to keep their ideas. I think we need a space um, where ideas can flourish. And sometimes great ideas just haven't met the right time yet. And if we haven't captured those, um, then we're missing out. So we're, we're really focused on what innovation looks like at a CBTC, and how do we capture these great ideas, and how do we help each other? Because we have a lot of, of experts and a lot of really creative people that regardless of their role at the college, um, think differently, and that is our strength. So I tell folks all the time, CBTC is not the buildings, it's the people. And we proved that during COVID. Um, we weren't in our buildings, and we did great. So um, it's really about those, that, that innovation. <laughs> it's really about that innovation. Um, and uh, what I'd like to do is be able to um, stop doing certain things to make room for new ideas and, and new and new things. So uh, perhaps a small budget, 90, 95% of your job is your role. And maybe that 5% is explore a project, a thought, an idea, um, so that we can continue to um, challenge ourselves. And, and can I say have fun at work? Have joy? Yikes! You cool of things? Of course you can yeah. say that. You bet, you bet. How dare you. Um, higher ed has to be fun. We service and we change the lives of students and, and it is really, really hard work. People outside the industry don't, you know, it's like, oh, you work in higher education. It's like, you know, that's a great thing. And you're sitting in this great, big, huge red brick building that's nine stories. And, you know, people are coming in and there's lots of elbow patches around and it's all, you know, trees and the changing of leaves. And it's, and it's, um, and we talk about this, Chris, all the time for community colleges in particular. But I think this, probably happens more in community colleges that are serving that that the adult survey the adult student profile which is the fender bender away from leaving school and when mm -hmm. you look at high gas prices you look at rising uh interest rates to for home buying and you look at the cost of inflation right out of covid it's like give me a break i i get out of covid and i gotta go to a grocery store and ten, spend 10 times what i did to get a, a package of cheese than what i did before it's putting a lot of stress on families and higher education is one of those things that's very easy to cut out. You know, I always used to say working with students that it's easier to run education around your life than it is to run your life around education. Is this a continual battle you're fighting? I don't want to say battle you're fighting with students, but a, 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 a convincing process. Like, you know what? You stay in school, finish the degree, and, you know, and, and is this real right now as we see rising costs? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think it depends, you know, every, as Sunam said earlier, you know, meeting students as individuals is, is really the important part. And what I would say is, you know, we know how to do this, right? Whether it's COVID or crisis or recession, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and the way to do it, and it's just been reinforced at the conference, is it's relationships between uh, individuals, whether that's a manager, an employee, uh, or a faculty member and a student, or a student services person and a student. Or a custodian and a student that that individual who you know 
um, takes the student by the hand and gets them to the bookstore, the Bursar's office, or to their classroom on day one, uh, is, is maybe the most important person in the institution for someone who's uh, afraid or, or uncertain about whether they belong there. And just to have a friendly face, um, yeah, to have a friendly face and somebody to say, let me take you there, let me show you where to go. Uh, and, and along the way say, oh, I'm glad you're gonna be a nursing student or a manufacturing student or whatever. I hope, you know, best of luck on day one, um, makes a real difference. Sunim, what do you think of the conference so far? What, how, how has it been for you? Is it what you expected? What are some takeaways? We're loving it. It's a curated experience for professional development. Um, it's beyond a conference. It's interaction. It's um, networking, uh, fresh ideas. I think for the first time, we're coming back with so many ideas. We need to prioritize what we're going to focus on. Um, and that is uh, a, a wonderful problem to have, right? Um, I completely agree with Chris. Um, we have such wonderful structures for our students to support them, whether they're emergency uh, funds to help them make that uh, car payment so they can come to, to school, whether it's giving them a laptop in a hot spot for them to be able to connect. Um, we just want to make sure that we are accessible to them and they see us as an ally for their uh, economic mobility, which we know is going to happen um, if they complete, complete with us. So um, this conference is a shot in the arm to help us continue to do the things that we're doing and to know that we're not alone. Um, we're all working so very hard for our communities and for our students, and there's strength in numbers. The important work that we need to do, we can't do it alone. And this conference has reminded us of that. 100%. That's my disruptive agreement button. <laughs> uh, Chris, same question to you. How's the conference going? Is it, are you getting out what, uh, of it what you expected or more? And you know what, what are you going to do with all your learnings? Yeah, I think it's been great. Um, I would echo a lot of what, what Sudum said. I think, you know, one of the things my team's taking away from this is just the intentionality that we need to back with and understanding that whatever the focus area we might be, there there has to be a system. There has to be intentionality around um, stating what the goal is and then measuring against that goal and putting things into place. And, and uh, for the last two and a half years, we have not had the ability really to be intentional we've been reactionary uh, and they've done a fantastic job i think uh, we've done a great job as an industry of responding to student needs but it's really great to be able to get back to focus and saying well what really are the priorities going to be for the future uh, and uh, how do we be intentional about meeting those needs and you go with your teams right uh, mm -hmm. you take team members chris i'll talk to you first give me an example yeah. of some of the folks that you brought with you their positions and uh, why that's important. Yeah, so we've got a number of members of my executive team from uh, Student Services, uh, our Chief Financial Officer, our Institutional Research Person. We've got the uh, President of our Sports Staff Union who's here with us. Uh, and I think just having those multiple perspectives is, is really important because, uh, again, what this has reinforced, I think, for all of us is that there's leadership, uh, especially leadership with students, uh, at all levels of the organization uh, and every position is is really important. So having that, you know, uh, multiple perspectives here is, is really great. Sunim, same question to you, who's with you and, and, and how important is this embeddedness of experience uh, at the AFIT Summer Session? 
Absolutely. I brought most of my direct reports. Um, I think that growing our talent and taking care of our people needs to start at the top. And so I brought most of my cabinet. Someone had to man the ship at home. So I have <laughs> two folks um, back at the campus, but um, it's been an incredible experience. And a lot of what we've talked about today is, okay, we're all getting this. We're all listening to it. How are we going to communicate it back? And how are we going to uh, measure understanding? Um, because it's hard when you're listening to it here and then bringing that information back, right? But we've uh, created actionable steps to be able to create spaces. Um, and that is also why we brought with us a professional development manager that's going to help embed some of these learnings into our professional development for the rest of the year. Wow, that's smart. I like that. Um, so you guys are in Nashville. Of course, nobody's going to do anything, right? After these years, uh, nobody's going to do anything at all. Uh, everybody's going to go home to bed. Cheers. All right, all right. Um, so, so a last couple of questions for you guys, um, you know, uh, and then we'll get you out of here to, to go back to sleep without any fun whatsoever. Um, I'll start with you, you know, uh, community colleges, we know how important we know the range of students that you're servicing. A lot of community colleges serve, um, a lower demographic students or those that are trying to create generational wealth from mm -hmm. different, uh, different backgrounds. And we got a lot of noise out here. And in, in space saying, don't go to college, you don't need a degree. Um, you, you know, it's just very confusing when you're when somebody's coming and trying to create um, generational wealth for themselves and their family, where higher ed was the way to do that, mm -hmm. to hear that maybe higher ed doesn't have as much value as it used to. Is that a conversation happening that you see amongst students or is a convincing process about still going to college? So the return on investment on your education is definitely a conversation that we're having. Um, resources are tight and people have to make decisions um, and we have to show um, alignment with jobs and sustainability and, and economic mobility. And uh, it's really important that they understand that you don't have to be in school for a very long time to earn a good wage. Um, our, ga our gas and utility uh, um, graduates are making six figures right out the gate. And so um, for us, it's more and nobody about- nobody can find anybody to do that work, right? You <laughs> can't, if you wanna go get somebody to come fix your HVAC unit or, you know, you can't find anybody. And so they can get out and make a ton of money if they go they to the do. trades. They do. And so um, having those students um, have financial literacy is just as important, right? So yes, you're gonna have a high wage um, job when you leave, but do you know how to invest your money? Do you know how to um, maintain that, that job? and continue to grow. And so it's not just about earnings, but it's about keeping those dollars in your pocket and some of the financial literacy pieces that maybe first-generation students don't have. And so for us, it's just as important to train them on the job as well as their financial literacy and health. And so um, that's been a piece that perhaps others don't focus on as much as we do, but we want to make sure that our students remain successful. Chris, same question to you. you convincing students about the value of higher ed? Is it happening? Is it where where is that conversation yeah, I think, uh, yeah it's a great question i think um part of it is just reframing what higher ed is right i think um i've had lots of conversations with friends of my own children who are college age at this point and um they ask me about apprenticeships and i say absolutely apprenticeships is higher education right oh You're gonna yeah um, yeah, and you're going to go to school and um, work and earn at the same time. We should value that uh, appropriately. Our employers value it, by the way. Um, our communities value it. We need HVAC techs to go fix your HVAC, right? And certainly yep. here in Nashville, uh, if the air conditioning went out, man, the, the HVAC techs would be the most important people here. Um, the, the nurse who delivered my daughter 
you know, 15 years ago was a Fox Valley Tech graduate. So wonderful. Yeah, uh, I think that um, I think that redefining and expanding the idea of what higher education looks like, uh, you know, without I think this is important too. Without um, for us not disparaging our four-year partners and saying it's us for them, uh, it's us and them. It's uh, that's you know the right the right path for you at the right time might mean you go from us to a four-year baccalaureate degree and then come back. And I think uh, we have to get you know the public and policymakers especially thinking that that does not mean failure. It means um, success at a particular point in your life, um, that that institution and that program might be a good fit for, for that student. Mm, love it. All right, guys, here's your final question um, with your time with me here at the AFIT Summer Session. Chris, I'll, I'll start with you, and we'll leave Sunim for last. That means that her answer, uh, she gets a little bit of time to prepare. Uh, Chris, what do you see as the future of higher education? Well, I think, um, you know, for me, I've been doing a lot of thinking about how do we deliver the, you know, the minimum dose of education to get individuals employed, right? And that might be a certificate, it might be a course. Uh, and then how do you link those things together in a meaningful way to build toward, you know, what I think is going to continue to be important, and that's that's degrees and diplomas and, and further education on down the line. I, I do think it is going to be a bit unbundled. Uh, but it, whether we bundle it together in one institution or whether those credentials become portable uh, between institutions, I think is, is something uh, to give a lot of thought to. And so it's exciting, right, to, to, yeah. to think about um, yeah. you know, things, things like, uh, you know, micro credentials and, and what the value of those things are. Um, but again, we've got to get policymakers to, to really recognize the value of those things and realign the federal financial aid priorities and all those things so that so that our students, uh, those who have the greatest need, are able to access those things uh, and really, as you've said before, change their lives, build generational wealth, and impact their communities in a positive way. Awesome. All right, Sunam, what do you see as the future of higher education? I'm extremely optimistic about our future. I think we're going to continue to serve the community um, in whatever that looks like. And so um, it will be um, outcomes-based, right? It will be less about time and about what do you know and uh, what have you gotten mastery of? And that might be a combination of a macro degree and maybe a, a, a smaller course or certificate. Um, I think we're gonna place a lot of, of, of knowledge and importance on um, military work, uh, things that were outside of the classroom, that experiential learning. I think all that is gonna be a bigger part. Um, but I think we're gonna remain flexible. We have adapted and, and have changed and we know we can do it. Um, COVID taught us that, right? That was a silver lining. Um, it's amazing what you can do when you have to. And so we know that we can be flexible and we can be open and that we can continue to serve the needs of our population. So I'm very optimistic. I, I think we have challenges, but we've always had them. And and, um, and we're just going to continue to serve our students. I love what you guys said, because I feel like um, there, there are a lot of folks out there that are uh, the, the doom and gloom, you know, higher education's in for it, it's going to fall apart, it's this, it's that. And, uh, you know, sometimes that we have to remind those that, that serve students of, of the impact, the noble profession. Uh, that we're in uh, to serve people and and prepare them for the future. Uh, two people that have helped prepare me for the future are my guests today. First, here he is, Dr. Chris Matheny. He's president of Fox Valley Technical College. Chris, did you have a good EdUp experience today? Had a great experience. Thanks for having me, Joe. Of course. 
and my other guest, Dr. Sunem Beaton Garcia. She's Ch uh, president at Chippewa Technical College. Sunem, did you have a good EdUp experience today? The very best. Thank you so much for having us. All right, guys. Well, you can head to bed now. Cheers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you just EdUped. MDT Marketing helps boost the performance of your student nurturing campaigns. Let's say you have a prospective student who hasn't yet committed, so they get moved into your marketing automation workflow to start receiving emails, text messages, and other communications to nurture them towards enrollment. The problem is most content applied to nurturing campaigns is just not compelling. And even if it is, even compelling content needs a little boost to make sure your message truly engages your prospective students. This is where MDT Marketing comes in. From personalized video to wear and share technology, MDT Marketing's suite of student journey boosts are designed to simply deliver wow. moments that boost engagement and conversion rates at targeted milestones in the student journey. But you've got to try it for yourself. Visit mdtmarketing.com, then select personalized video from our menu. You're going to love it. Student journey solutions from MDT Marketing. Wow. Moments simply delivered.